You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Special thank you to Rick B., Rick Baumgartner, and and Mike Mulvaney uh, for their leading us in worship these last several weeks. God bless you guys. Appreciate so much what you've done. And uh, may the Lord just bring favor upon your life. This morning I want to talk to you from John chapter 20. The effects of the presence of the resurrected Jesus on his disciples. I think that's the longest title I've ever had for a sermon. The effects of the presence of the resurrected Jesus on his disciples. John 20, beginning at verse 19. On evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you, have forgive, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand and receive the fullness of the gospel, the message of your kingdom, the glory of your resurrection. And so, Holy Spirit, give us the ability to hear the words of the Father, Son, and yourself through these words in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when we look at uh, what was taking place on that first day of the week, after Jesus had been crucified and buried, entombed, we, we find that the sense of hopelessness had, had really spread. That's why I loved Anne's, Anne's wonderful word about hope. Because for those disciples at that time, for all of those who had been following Jesus, the level of discouragement, the level of disillusionment, the level of sorrow and fear and anxiety was unparalleled, I believe, as, as ever, ever in the life of a believer. And when we look at the fear and anxiety that's going around with the coronavirus and the way it's affected our lives and how it's changed everything, uh, we understand that even in the backdrop of the Easter story, that that was the situation then as well. Fear was at such a high level, the disciples self-quarantined themselves, but not in the sense that we do. We don't have to lock our doors. They, out of fear that they were going to be pursued, to be crucified as well, to be imprisoned, caused them to lock their doors. And so there was great, great, great fear. And so I love, I love the reality of what happens when Jesus shows up. The presence of the Lord Jesus makes all the difference in the world, in our lives, in our situations, in our circumstances. Just as he did for those disciples. There they are. They're behind locked doors. It's evening and he just appears. The presence of the resurrected Lord comes and visits them. (laughs) 
and they see him and they hear him. I don't know if they heard him or saw him first, but he says, peace be to you. The presence of the Lord Jesus brings peace. It's not only a a form of greeting one another, but it's a reality of what happens when the presence of the Lord Jesus shows up. No one had ever seen anyone come back from the dead outside of Lazarus. And here Jesus is coming back. And as he comes and he presents himself, he says, I'm bringing peace to you. I was reading Sarah Young's Jesus Calling on, on the 18th of this month. And this is what she writes, coming from the heart of Jesus. Peace is my continual gift to you. It flows abundantly from my throne of grace. Just as the Israelites could not store up manna for the future, but had to gather it daily, so it is with my peace. The day-by-day collecting of manna kept my people aware of their dependence on me. Similarly, I give you sufficient peace for the present. When you come to me by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, if I gave you permanent peace, independent of my presence, you might fall into the trap of self-sufficiency. May that never be. I have designed you to need me moment by moment. As your awareness of your neediness increases, so does your realization of my abundant sufficiency. I can meet every one of your needs without draining my resources at all, approach my throne of grace with bold confidence, receiving my peace with a thankful heart. The effects of the presence of the resurrected Lord Jesus upon the disciples, his presence brought first peace. Secondly, his presence reveals his provision. He says, look at my hands, and my side. Mm. Isaiah says that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquities. He is our wounded healer. At the time when Jesus came to the disciples, they weren't able to conceptualize all of this. They weren't able to put back into proper framework what the piercings uh, in the hands of Jesus, his hands, his feet, his side actually represented as it gets developed in the New Testament. But for them, when they looked at his wounds, they recognized that it was actually the one they saw die. It was the one that was entombed. It was Jesus had come back (laughs) to life. I I think that's so, so amazing. I've been kind of meditating on the wounds of Jesus, looking at his hands and his side. And as I've done that, I've, I've tried to visualize Jesus coming to me. I, I want to encourage you this morning in your home, in the comfort of your lazy boy, your couch, your recliner, wherever you're watching, to just kind of shut your eyes and picture that Jesus is now coming to you and he wants to show you his wounds. He shows you his hands. You see the nail prints. What happens in your heart when you see the nail prints in the hands of your Lord and Savior? What happens when you see his side where the spear was thrusted? As you take a moment and just allow 
that to come. I, I want to encourage you to continue to do that throughout the day and throughout the week. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring fresh revelation of what does it mean when Jesus shows us his hands and his side. Thirdly, the presence of the resurrected Lord, the effects it had on the disciples was it released passion. There was great emotion. They were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They were filled with joy. The passion of a believer who had just accepts Jesus Christ into their heart, that knows the, the wonder, the euphoria of having their sins forgiven is so amazing. And here these guys that have walked with the Lord for three years now, now see him risen from the dead and they see him, they see his wounds, they see the reality that he's there. It re- releases an emotional response with them that is just passionate. And I want, I think one of the things that I want to communicate today is that today is the day that the Lord wants to reinvigorate our first love, to, to stir our passionate devotion and affection for him. And there's nothing like being around a new believer who's just had the wonder of, of salvation and the joy of knowing that they're forgiven and that they are receiving uh, the love of Jesus. Um, I know that there's, there's certain churches that, uh, that never forget the joy of salvation. They're constantly reminded of where the Lord has brought them from, even from yesterday to realize that he's brought us through yesterday to today. And where is he going to take us to tomorrow? To have the passionate uh, movement in our hearts. We find in the book of Revelation that that's one of the indictments that comes to the church at Ephesus. And, and we find in chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. That's, that's some very sobering words. But the reality of, of understanding how the kingdom of darkness attacks the first love of every believer. It's not just you. Everyone who comes to Jesus, as soon as they've come to Jesus, if they allow the circumstances, the cares of this world, and the things that the kingdom of darkness tries to introduce, it's all strategically designed to bring distance between us and the Lord. It's designed to cause us to forget how deeply he loves us. May we never forget the great love of Jesus. May we never lose the joy of our salvation, and may we always remember our first love. If you need to take a moment to repent, now's a good time to do that. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. If you've grown... (laughs) neutral, if you've grown lukewarm, if you've grown uh, distracted and had several different things, just come in and, and get your eyes off the focus of the love of Jesus. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness and to reset and recalibrate our hearts and our eyes upon you. Fourth, 
the wonderful effect of the resurrected Jesus, his presence brings peace again. <laughs> Here's a time where the disciples needed a double dose of peace. The first one, the normal way in which you would greet a brother and a sister, yes. But now having seen, having uh, seen his hands, his side, having realized his presence is there, getting secured, releasing your passionate, your passionate response of joy at, at seeing him, now it's time for the peace to soak in, the peace to, to permeate every part of your being, the peace that breaks the authority that fear and chaos brings, the authority of darkness, the anxiety that is gone in the presence of the Lord. I, I, I love it when I see somebody walking in peace. Sometimes, you, you know, you have the privilege of seeing that. I remember the times when I've had supernatural peace come upon me and the enemy's throwing things right and left and nothing can shake or touch because of his presence and the peace that his presence releases. <laughs> I, I remember when, when David Graham was preaching here, I think it was one of his first sermons that he ever preached here. And as he came, as he walked through the door, if you don't know Dave, Dave's a little bit high strung, full of energy. And as he came in, there was such a peace on him. He was so calm, cool, and collected. You could see the supernatural peace of the Lord. And that's what I'm, I'm talking about here. When we are conscious of the presence of the Lord, whatever our circumstances are, whether the Jews are out to arrest us, to, uh, to terminate us, when the presence of the Lord is with us, huh, we're secure. We're secure in his peace. We're secure in his love. The fifth thing that I want to share with you this morning is that his presence inaugurates a new purpose. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now the disciples, bound by fear, released by the presence and the peace and the passion, now get a new purpose defined for them. It inaugurates the, the sending of the 12, the sending of all the disciples. And when we are being sent the way Jesus has been sent, it brings a humility. Jesus came and was sent in the humble confines of Bethlehem in a manger. He made no reputation for himself, but he took upon the form of a servant, becoming obedient even unto death. And so we see that we are being sent the way Jesus is being sent. And now we get to, in humility, receive that, receive the full authority of the Father as he gave it to the Son through the Holy Spirit, as he humbly walked on the earth. Sixth, his presence, the presence of the resurrected Jesus imparts power. Yeah, if you're going to have a purpose, you better have power. You have a peace that will bring a sense of a stability and oneness and solidarity on the inside. Now we need an enabling grace, a power to go forth and to fulfill the mission that the Father sent Jesus, that Jesus has now sent us. And so we receive an impartation of power. And with that, the scripture says, he breathed upon them 
And he said, receive the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the Ruach of God. When we receive the Holy Spirit, there is a power that comes upon us that no longer do we, do we hide behind locked doors, but we go forth in the authority and in the anointing power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, and we continue his mission on planet Earth. And the last thing that we see that the effects of the resurrected Lord Jesus brings to the disciples is he brings a new perspective and a new paradigm. They have a new purpose. They have a power. <laughs> they have now a perspective that things are shift, shifting. They no longer see Jesus the way they saw Jesus as a rabbi teaching a Messiah that was going to overthrow Rome. They now see him as a celestial <laughs> that has conquered sin, that has conquered death, that sits at the right hand of the Father. They see the resurrected Lord Jesus. And there is a new paradigm. Just as Jesus told uh, the one that was let through the roof in the house, your sins are forgiven. Rise, take up your mat, and walk. We find that there is a shift now in the authority that has been entrusted to us in the purpose and the power that God has given to us. It is to forgive sins. In the proclamation of being sent as Jesus has been sent and proclaiming the kingdom of God, that the kingdom is at hand and to repent and believe the gospel, as we are speaking that, we then release people from their sins in the name of Jesus. There is a shift that takes place. They have never thought like that. The, the Pharisees, the scribes, they were outraged and wanted to kill Jesus at the very thought of a human being being able to speak to another sinner and pronounce and declare that their sins are forgiven. So there is a huge shift of perspective that there is a paradigm shift that now as disciples of the Lord Jesus who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit that are speaking in the same missional uh, proclamation that the Father sent the Son, we are declaring the forgiveness of sins. Jesus forgives sin and you are his ambassador. You are the one who represents him that has received the full authority, the full mission, the full power over fear to free people from the things that bind them, from the sin that so, in e so easily entangles them, from, from the, the sin that brings the, the physical dynamic of brokenness. When we see that this new paradigm, this new perspective, it doesn't give us an ego. It doesn't cause us to think that we're something. It humbles us. It causes us to be broken. It causes us to realize that I can no longer look at people the way I used to look at people. I have to look at people and even their behavior, their, even their sinful behavior, the way the Father looks at them. And so the church needs to get delivered from this judgmental, critical spirit of condemnation 
that is part of the ministry of the kingdom of darkness. And we must be able to see people the way the Father sees them, through his eyes of love. <laughs> see them through, through the patterns that they've developed and know that the Father wants to free them from those patterns. So when we get the love of the Father, it will shift our perspective. We will no longer be a holier than thou and speaking down to a sinner, but we will be one like Jesus who will engage the, the problem that every human being battles with, with love and forgiveness and redemption. And so that's the good word from the resurrection for today. The worship team will come and, and lead us in another wonderful, wonderful song. And as they're doing that, I want to remind you to go get something to represent his body and grab something to represent his blood. And then after, after this last closing song, we'll take communion together. God bless you. Lord Jesus, we say thank you for coming to be the, the full expression of the Father's love to us, to cause us to know that God is a Father first and foremost, that we can know him, that he loved the world so much that he gave you and that you loved us and you loved him so much that you came so we receive your body. It is our confession, Lord Jesus, that you are the bread of life. You're the author and finisher of our faith. You are what we daily need. So Lord, give us our daily bread. We receive you, Lord Jesus. We remember you. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And Lord, the book of Hebrews tells us that your blood is the superior blood above everything that an animal or another could do. That your blood is pure and it's perfect and it's holy and it's righteous. That you shed it, you released your blood to us. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would release the full benefits of the blood of Jesus beyond our theology and beyond our doctrine, you would release the fullness of the blood of Jesus into our lives today. We receive it with thanksgiving and we drink in remembrance of you. And so this morning we celebrate the resurrected Lord Jesus who brings his very presence into our lives that releases peace and passion and provision and peace again and purpose and power and perspective and paradigm shifts. We praise you, Lord Jesus. God bless you. May you have a wonderful day in the Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.